0: Sunday night. Okay. I just kept I was about to record over myself. Heaven forbid. No. no. Okay. Um, well, we're still studying about the Holy Spirit and about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're just gonna keep going on this. We're kinda glossing over a lot of it because most of us have been there, but we but um I don't know, the Holy Spirit just wouldn't let me get off of it, so I just keep going. So, we're just going to plow on and keep talking about it. Um, <clears throat> we had gotten to the place last week where we were starting to talk about just common mistakes, and if nothing else, it gives you um, just information to explain to anybody else and, you know, whatever. But just, and even for your own self, just to be sure that. You know, we're solid on these things. There are three really big errors that people make in the church. One is that when you're saved, you receive the Holy Spirit, and that's all there is. You know, that it's one deal. The second is that there are people who say, Well, the events of Pentecost were a one-time event just to get the church started. And when the disciples pass away, so did that. And we don't have to worry about it. And then the third is that um, speaking in tongues is only for prophecy uh, where there's interpretation that there isn't any other use than that. So those are the things that, mm, that have kind of run us in the ditch and uh, we need to talk about them because frankly um, these, are the, these are really Satan's explanations for things so that people don't get this. He's absolutely scared to death of, of um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he is also scared of our prayer language, like you wouldn't believe, because his gateway into the world is through our minds and our understanding. And he can't intercept what he doesn't understand that comes from God when you're praying in the Spirit. He can't get in there. He can get in when you're praying in your understanding. Because he can give you fears and worries and doubts and anxieties and concerns. He can enter into your you know, your thought processes and your emotions and your will and um, taint your prayer life. But when you're praying in the spirit, he cannot enter in there because he doesn't know what's being said. And um, so he doesn't want us to go there. So these really practical um, explanations that people come up with are really driven by <clears throat> Satan himself. He's the father of liars, but he's not going to come in a red suit with horns and a tail and a pitchfork because I think everybody would recognize him. But he's going to come like an angel of light. So he's going to take scriptures and slightly change things and make it sound real churchy so that people don't question it. You know. But, um, There is very definitely a difference. Um, Start in John. Go to the book of John. And we'll just walk right through John into Acts. We'll go real fast because we've been here before. But um, start in John chapter um, 4. John chapter 3. Another thing about praying in your heavenly prayer tongue
1: is that it's perfect. Yeah, it's the spirit. That's right. The spirit. That's right.
0: And he can't get into that. Mm -mm. There's no right. He has no entrance there because our thinking brain is not in gear, and um, it 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 is the end of him and all his plans, and um, so he wants to destroy this idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit any way he can, and he does it with fear and. Um, ignorance and um, all kinds of things and and then just taking scripture and twisting it um, and and causing it to be something that's distasteful you know to the church and um, so I, I'm just gonna get this card to you to send to Taylor I didn't know if you'd be here or not tonight so I was gonna okay um, all right, we're just going to kind of skim through John. John chapter 3. Uh-huh. uh Mm-hmm. Just real quick, he's talking to Nicodemus here. Um, and um, verse 2. The same, Nicodemus, came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, We know that you're a teacher come from God for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Um, And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter in the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, except a man be born of water and water, of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Um, that would have made sense to Nicodemus. They had an understanding, except Nicodemus was trying to get at it from a physical standpoint, although even the Jewish faith had an understanding. You know, the, If you wanted to become Jewish by faith, you had to be born again. People in the Middle East Think that you were born a Jew, therefore you can't be anything else. You were born a Muslim, you know, they, and that they they believe that that's how they're born, so you can't be anything because you're that's what you are. You're a Muslim. You were born into that faith, so you are a Muslim. Like we were born in the United States, we are Americans, but they believe that that that's the way they're born. That's that's what they're. Destiny is because they're born that way. So the concept of being born again m- means you start over in a new life and you can and and um, so you die to the old life, whatever it was and then <clears throat> and then you're raised to a new life. but it's the work of the Holy Spirit that does that. So Jesus says to begin with well you have to be born again. You have to be born of the spirit. Your spirit man has to be made alive. And at that point, you receive the DNA of, of the father in, in your spirit. And um, <clears throat> you become a child of the light. And um, that gets you into the kingdom. It, it gives you an open door to a relationship with the living God. But it 's still up to you whether or not you accept or reject it, okay? And once you accept it and you step over into um, being a Christian, um, then the doors are open for you to have as deep a walk as you want to have with the Lord. but again you're going to have to receive it And what happens when you're born again is is your old dead spirit becomes a new wineskin. That's when it becomes a new wineskin, capable of receiving new wine. And so um, it's important that you have the new wineskin first. Then in John chapter (coughs) 4, when he's speaking to this young woman, again he's still talking about being born again, but he's past the born again, um, and he's talking about this, this woman is unclean. She's everything unclean. She's a Samaritan, she's a woman, and she's li- living with a man she's not married to. So, you know, that she's the lowest of the Samaritans. I mean, you know, she's like an outcast of the Samaritans. So uh, her life is riddled with uncleanness. So when he speaks to her, Um, in verse 13 Jesus said to her whoever drinks of this water will thirst again but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst but the water I will give him will be in him a well of water springing up unto eternal life okay it's the same picture that well of water springing up is equivalent to the living water that would run through the washing pool at the temple in front of the place where they would sacrifice the animals. There was a big pool there and and the water was would flow in and flow out. It wasn't a closed-in pool. The water was continually running through it, so it was called living water. And that living water is where you would dip and wash yourself and then you know all of the dirt of the world would be washed away. So he was saying to her, If you drink of the water I'm going to give you, you're going to have that living water bubbling up inside you all the time. In other words, continually cleansing you and making you acceptable to the living God. You know. And then they talk about where to worship and he says you're going to learn to worship in spirit and in truth because God's a spirit. If that were enough, then you wouldn't need John chapter 7. But flip over to John 7. Okay. Verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. And he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now the key here is Jesus being glorified. He was not glorified until he returned to heaven and seated himself on the right hand of the Father. That's when he regained all of his glory. And at that point he sent the Holy Spirit. So this is the picture of that living water running out of your belly into the world which is an entirely different thing than a spring, a wellspring of life bubbling up inside. It's different. Then John 20. Go to John 20 real quick. let me start with verse 20 this is Jesus appearing in the upper room and when he had so said he showed unto them his hands and his side and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord and then Jesus said to them again peace be unto you as my father has sent me even so I send you and when he had said this he breathed on them and said to them receive the Holy Ghost okay at this point he is breathing on them the same picture as in Genesis chapter 2 where, where God takes that lump of clay and puts divine essence into that man. And he becomes full of zoe in the Greek which would be divine essence, divine life. Okay. So Jesus breathes on these spirit dead men and they receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, their old dried wineskins have become new wineskins. Somebody said to me the other day, they said, well, if um, if they weren't born again, how is it that Jesus could send them out, you you know, before he was crucified and they could go and do miracles and things? And um, the truth of that is, is that Fallen men were doing those things back in the Old Testament. But the Holy Spirit would come on them and the anointing would be there to operate but then when it was not needed the Holy Spirit would lift. He didn't reside in them. And and Jesus is, is saying you need the Holy Spirit to reside in you. And that's a different... Um, It's a different thing. Back in John 14 just before he went to the cross he said you know you know him because he's with you but he will be in you. So the Holy Spirit had been with them when they went out before two by two and did miracles but he was not in them yet. So now Jesus has breathed on them and they have a new wine skin. Okay. After he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit, turn the page to Acts chapter one. Okay, and Jesus had just told them, stay put until the Holy Father, until the Holy Spirit comes. Look at verse 4. Being assembled together with him, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you would be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. If they if when he breathed on them that wasn't enough. They have to be baptized. So now you've got a second work. Now sometimes the works kind of come one right after the other at the very same time. But they are separate works. You can't get the new wine until you have the new wine skin. Um, Then he says you'll receive power, right? And become like the one you follow. So that is a complete error that it's all one thing. It isn't. And now you have some scripture to back you up when you try to explain that to people. Um, What's
2: the new wine skin?
0: Um, you, Jesus was talking about that um, with his disciples, and he was trying to explain to them, you know, you can't. They're trying to live in the old ways, and you can't put the new life into that old way, and um, you so can't contain it in an old container because it'll blow up
3: so that has more to do with the mind
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and the spirit it has to do with everything in your being being able to contain the spirit of god right otherwise it'll just run out you know it, it, it you would not people could pray for you to receive the holy spirit but but it would just you know, it isn't going to come that way. If you're not born again, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not going to stick. You have to you have to have a wine skin prepared to receive the new wine. You have to. The recreated
1: spirit.
0: Yes, exactly right.
1: The recreated spirit for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell
0: and be, right in the fullness. The exactly right.
2: Core.
0: Yes, that's exactly right. In fullness. So, Jesus was saying, you know, you you have to you have to be prepared to receive that power. And the only way you can do that is by having a new wineskin, skin, a new spirit to contain, you know, to contain the fullness of what God has to offer. Um, yeah, <laughs> go figure. But um, Jesus was a perfect man, you know. He was—he never sinned. So, being the Son of God, in the sense that. The Holy Spirit's DNA was in Mary. And so God the Father um, united with Mary. Mary made him that flesh body, but it was Jesus, it was Father's DNA in his spirit man. Jesus was never a you know a dead spirit man. He's the second Adam, the sinless man. Okay. So he did not have a spirit that needed to be born again. However, he lived on earth fully as a man. And um, you and I, when we're born again, we come to that place where we have this flesh body given to us by our parents, but our spirit man has the DNA of God in it. You know, now we are a child of the living God because um, John says it in First in John, He says you have the seed of the Father now. So now we have reached a place where we are capable as Jesus was as a man with a godly spirit in him. Once you're born again you become like him in that you are a human being but now you have a godly spirit in you with the DNA of the Father. The Holy Spirit just comes in and lives, right? You guys with me on that? Okay. But Jesus never did manifest any charisma, any of the benefits of grace were not manifested in him until after he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. There, was, there were no miracles, there was nothing until after he was baptized in the Holy Spirit at 30. You know, and John says, yeah, I baptized him with water, but when he came up out of the water, I saw the Holy Spirit come down and just rest on him. You know, that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then the very next verse it says, and being full of the Holy Spirit, you know, he went into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. So he was filled without measure at that point. And when he came back, he began to um, manifest the grace of God in public. Um, The grace of God flowed through him. Those rivers of living water were there everywhere he went. Um, I love it in the story where the guy was lowered down through the roof to be healed. It didn't say Jesus was there, the healer was in the room to heal him. It says the power to heal was present. Not Jesus, but the power to heal was present through him. And um so it was the Holy Spirit, the Father, working through Jesus, who is the willing vessel that allow that man to be healed, that did all the miracles, that did all the teaching, that did everything. It was the Holy Spirit through him. The things I said, the, you know, the Father told me to say. The things that I did, he, the Father did the works. So, so like him, you know, when you look at Jesus, we're without excuse. So when he looked at the disciples in John 14, he said, the things that I'll do, you'll do also and greater things than these when I go to the Father when I'm glorified because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and then you will become like me and you'll be able to do the things that I do and greater things because that's when the baptism of the Holy Spirit kicked in Um, and then the supernatural flowed through him Um, but it was two separate events Okay. alright the second era <clears throat> we can quickly go through Pentecost was a one time event and when the apostles died the manifestations died too, not true because there were 120 people in the upper room so it wasn't just the apostles to begin with it was 120 <clears throat> and then they went out and got 3,000 saved and how? who knows how many of those were filled with the Holy Spirit then the Corinthians got filled with the Holy Spirit. The Ephesians, 20 years later, after, after Pentecost, 20 years later, the Ephesians got baptized in the Holy Spirit. So you you have to come to the conclusion that it is an ongoing thing. Um, we're still writing the book of Acts. You know, we are in the book of Acts, in that this is the church age. And we should be looking like these disciples. Um, you know, we we need to do that. So, no, nothing died off. And besides, if you think about it, is the world any different now than it was then? You know, you didn't just need the Holy Spirit to get things started. It's like every day you wake up, there's so many lost people you're starting over. You know, you, there's never a time when you don't need that. Um, in fact I think you need more I mean I don't know it was pretty bad back in those days but um, I think we're right back where we started you know yeah. nothing has changed and we definitely need um, the Holy Spirit um, okay third era. if God meant for me to speak with tongues baptize me in the Holy Spirit he'd give it to me this one I hear a lot it makes me impatient. Um, Part of it is right. If God meant for you to have it he'd give it to you but the truth is he did. (laughs) It's on the table. The gift is on the table. It's wrapped and your name is on it. Um, The manifestation of tongues in prophecy with interpretation of tongues, that's one of the benefits for ministry in the world. But when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are given a prayer language. It is a manifestation, uh, an outward manifestation of what happened on the inside. Okay, Um, God has fully equipped us and he's saved us and he's gone into heaven and sent the Holy Spirit. But you have to get Born again by faith you have to take it by faith and walk in it by faith and so you also have to take the Holy Spirit by faith and walk in it by faith um, and as revelation comes to us we all, in every area of our lives it's always on the table if God gives you revelation he's just showing you what is but then it's always up to us to accept or reject. It's always up to us whether we walk in it or not walk in it. He is never going to um, force you to do anything. You have to be the one to remove the lid on your vessel and choose to receive everything he has for you or not. Yeah.
1: It's like everything else that he has for you in his storehouse. Right. You have to make a demand on it, receive it, Right. But it's there for you. It is. It is. But you have to decide if
0: you're going to take it or not. Right. Exactly right. And um, so when people say, Well, if he meant for me to have it, he'd give it to me. I don't know whether they think he's gonna come down and hit him with a two by four or what, but it's already done. It everything is given. It's just whether or not you want to pick it up off the table. That's your choice. Okay. Um, elephant in the room. We're going to answer the question. Why? Of all the things in the whole world, in the universe, that God could have given us as a benefit of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, why tongues? Well, it could have been anything. Why did he choose tongues? And there's really a good reason. It's really a good reason. Okay, back to Genesis 1 here. Go back to Genesis 1. You might as well just go there and let's just do it. Old ground, but we're connecting new dots here. Okay. Okay. Verse 1. In the beginning, God created Barah, thought, plan, design, The heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said. We'll just stop right there. Okay. Everything in the universe, materially speaking, was made out of word. Electromagnetic energy, light and sound put together because he said light manifest and the light flew out of his mouth and sound hooked together and that's electromagnetic energy. And it flew out of his mouth and created a material world out of the very essence of his own being. He used his own material to form a material world. So therefore, um, in order to subdue or control that world, you have to do it with word because that's, that's what it reacts to. So when God made Adam, you know, in chapter 2, verse 7, it said he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, which is divine essence. And man became a living soul. And as we've said before, um, Jewish scholars say man became a speaking spirit. And God said, You subdue the earth, be fruitful, full of what kind of fruit? We've always just thought children. But what kind of fruit did he intend us to be fruitful of? The fruit of the Spirit. We were a, a spirit being, and he wanted us to be full of the fruit of the Spirit and fill up the earth from the kingdom, you know, from the Spirit out into the material, just like God did. God started it, and he intended for man to finish it. Okay. When God said, like be, I have no idea what God's language is. I'm sure it wasn't King James English. That I could just about tell you. But I don't know what language God spoke when he said like me. It was God's language. Whatever he speaks that's what he spoke. And, and even when he speaks to us I always kind of think of it as being tongues with interpretation of tongues. Because he's speaking something but the Holy Spirit has to interpret it to me in English. You know. Um, if he wants me to understand it. But sometimes he doesn't. That's when it comes out as your prayer language or, or whatever. Okay. So, once men began to speak they had a language. I'm assuming that it was God's language. Whatever that was. Um, whatever that language was, that's what they spoke. Now, over to Genesis 6. All right. Men had fallen by then. Their imaginations were perverted. All right. And everybody got in trouble because the, the uh, fallen angels mated with women. And there was a, a mess in the world. Every man was evil all the time. Every thought was evil all the time. Okay, And at that time, Men all spoke the same language, but they had a perverted imagination, you know, and they were all sort of on the same page. so when one fell, they just all went like dominoes, except Noah. And I, I think about Noah. Noah was born just a few years after Adam died. So his dad and his granddad and his great-granddad, they all knew Noah. So they all came up speaking whatever language Noah spoke. I mean Adam, excuse me. They all knew Adam. So they all came up speaking whatever language Adam spoke, which was God language. So when God wiped everybody out, just look at at chapter 6. We'll just read a little bit here. And it came to pass, verse 1, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wise of all which they chose. And the Lord said my spirit will not always strive with man for that he is also flesh but his days will be 120 years. <clears throat> and there were giants in, in the earth in those days and <clears throat> here I go again and also after that when the sons of God came in with the daughters of men and they bare children to them the same became violent men mighty men which were of old men of renown and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of his thoughts of his heart was only evil continually alright so Flood came. Everybody's wiped out, but no one is family. <clears throat> and again, when they got off the boat, eight people. Now we're starting over again with eight. I like it because eight's the number of new life, anyway, so it's kind of cool, isn't it? Um, oh, for a second. There it is. All right scary in my purse. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's really scary in there these days. Okay, <clears throat> now go to chapter 10. <clears throat> now keep in mind, everybody's still speaking Noah's language, which was Adam's language, God's language. So they had a great deal of power to affect the universe with what they said and what they you know, with their thoughts. And um, this is what happened. Looking at the generations, um, start with verse 6 in chapter 10. And the sons of Ham, Cush and Mizraim and Put and Canaan, and the sons of Cush were Seba and Havilah and Saptah and Ramah and I hate these. And the sons of Ramah were Sheba and Dedan. And Cush begat Nimrod. And he began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it was said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. He was the first man to establish a kingdom in the face of God who was king of the universe. And so he took on the personality of Satan himself who in Isaiah 14 said this, And Satan put these thoughts in Nimrod's head. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. That same demonic spirit was right there in Nimrod. And he built his kingdom Right there in the face of the king of the entire universe. And um, now go over from there to chapter 11, verse 1. And here's where we get down to the nitty gritty. I'm sorry, what was. Um, chapter 11, verse 1. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. And the whole earth was of one language and one speech. Everybody in the earth, alive on the earth spoke one language and in that one language they all said exactly the same thing in agreement. Everybody spoke one language and they said the same thing in agreement.
3: Yeah? How does that tie in with 1031 when they
1: were segregated by their clans and languages?
0: That's um
3: different time.
0: Yes, it's a different time. I was gonna okay. say, yeah, this is further down the line. Okay. Um hmm But at this point, when you're back at verse 10 in chapter 10, that's where chapter 11 1 picks up. Okay. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. And they said to one another, go to and let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had bricks for stone and slime they had for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. Does that sound like Satan? (laughs) I will build my throne way up in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves lest we scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. They have one language and they began to do this. In other words, that the people are one, he means the people are united in one thought. And they have the same language. So they're saying the same thing in agreement. They have one language and this they began to do and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. There is power in that truth. That is spiritual truth right there. One language one speech saying the same thing in agreement and nothing will be impossible to them. That is the power of the spoken word in the universe. OK? And so God confounded their languages. With the languages confounded, I don't know that anybody was left speaking God language. you know I, whether Noah's family, you know it says the whole earth's language was confounded. So I, I don't know whether God language was completely lost, or if um, Shem and Ham continued in that vein for a while, I don't know. But I have a feeling, no. And Ham's family, you know, ends up being the Arabs. Japheth's family ends up being Europeans, you know, Northern Europeans, and and then um, Shem's family ends up being the Jewish people, um, and. Um, they were speaking the Hebrew language. Now whether or not it was Hebrew language that Adam spoke, I don't know. We don't know that. But we know that all of their languages were totally confounded. And that thwarted people from being able to utterly destroy the world in like the blink of an eye. And um, Says it didn't take but a couple of generations, two or three generations from Noah, before they were already back to this.
1: Danger of one world government.
0: Yes, exactly right. And um, there's always power in you know in that unity of people, one language and one declaration. Um, and that's why things like the the um, pledge of allegiance is so important. You know, and speaking all of us speaking English, that's what unifies a country and gives it power. and um, that's a spiritual law that has been in place since Adam because Adam was meant to be we were all meant to speak God language and to control the world, to have dominion over it, be full of the fruits of the spirit, the good things from the kingdom, and fill up the earth. Continue what God had started. That was our job. So, with the languages confounded and the vanity of man's imaginations thwarted, much evil was stopped. Okay. Because even in James chapter 3, you know, James says, even now, you know, the words you say can set on fire the course of nature. And that's exactly what God said. He didn't want us to set on fire the course of nature. He wanted us to control and have dominion over the course of nature, not destroy it. Well, when when the church was born, they needed to be in complete unity. This church, and um, the one thing that would bring them into unity. Is the same language and the same speech. Um, Jesus, when he went to the cross and then went into hell, utterly destroyed Satan's power and ability in the earth. He only has the power that we give him. And um, he takes a lot of it from us by ignorance. But it was one for us and we were meant to reign in this life. That's Romans 5.17, right? Through the grace of God, the charisma, the charis of God, we were meant to reign in this life um, through this abundance of grace. Um, and through that anointing comes this wisdom and knowledge and the spirit of revelation, that's spoken about in um, Ephesians 1 and then go to um, 1 Corinthians go to 1 Corinthians (coughs) chapter 1 he's speaking to a body that has been badly shredded. And he's trying to get them to see the importance of this unity. Um Look at verse start with verse 4. Chapter 1 first Corinthians. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace, the charis, the caris of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. That in everything we are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come behind in no gift, no charisma. You come behind in no charisma waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom we were called into fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. Interestingly enough, um, of all the charisma that are available in grace, all of the manifestations of grace were available in the Old Testament, and in the new except except for having your prayer language that did not come until the day of Pentecost it is the only manifestation of grace that did not happen in the old covenant in the new and there's a reason the problem was this we were meant then to come together and be unified as the body of Christ one in the spirit. But we we're still following humanity in our flesh. And as the church spread, it's going across countries, cultural bounds. It's going across religious understandings. Um, people have different ideas and beliefs and experiences. How could God get everybody on the same page... Tame everybody's tongue and bring them into one thought and one speech. That's just impossible. You can't even get three people around the table in the church to agree with each other. You know, much less the whole world to agree and speak about it, right? So he circumvented our human understanding by the power of the Holy Spirit. And through the use of our imaginations, which is where we touch the things of God, he gave us a language that we do not understand. He's short-circuited our human understanding so that when you and I speak, we are saying the same thing. It may not sound the same to you and me, doesn't matter. It's the Holy Spirit that drives it, therefore it is the same thing And it is in total agreement with God. And at that point, that's when you step into dominion. That's when you step into the power, the resonant power of the Holy Spirit. It's when you're speaking the same things, you know, saying the same things in agreement. The Holy Spirit prays through us God's perfect will in agreement with himself. And the rest of the Spirit-filled church. All human thought is short circuited. All right, look at Romans eight. Romans eight. Okay. Paul's talking here about how everything in existence is groaning under the fall. All of nature, even you and I are groaning under the fall waiting for the fulfillment of scripture which is our new body and everything put back like it was. Waiting for that manifestation to come. And um, Paul says you have to confidently expect it to come. If you see it, then you don't confidently expect it because it's here. But if you are confidently expecting something to come, then you're going to knot the rope and hang on until it gets here. doesn't matter when because you know it's coming. So you're going to wait patiently for it. Okay, hold on to that thought because we're going to come back to that. It's real important. Um, But in the waiting, God provided an overcoming power for us. Um, start with verse um, 24 he's using the word hope here but the word hope is confident expectations so I'm going to use confident expectations instead of hope okay verse 24 for we are saved by confident expectation but confident expectation that is seen is not confident expectation for what a man sees what does he yet expect right He's not confidently expecting it. But if we confidently expect what we do not see, then we do with patience, wait for it. And likewise, the spirit also helps our infirmities while we're waiting. The word infirmities there is the word in the Greek, and it means the inability to get results, being powerless, to, to accomplish something. It doesn't mean sickness. Okay? The word infirmities is Asthenia. A-S-T-H-E N-E-I A. And it means the inability to get results, powerless to accomplish something. Okay? So when you and I are have no ability And this is why it's important. Everything in the earth is groaning. It's fallen. The only hope for for creation right now is the manifestations of the Son of God. That's us. Standing up and pushing back the curse and releasing the blessings of God in that place. Taking territory. We were never meant to sit still. We're always meant to take territory continue to release the goodness of God in the earth. But you and I, when you look at this world, we're just pretty much unable to get the job done. So when we reach that point of not being able to get the job done, the Holy Spirit steps in. Okay. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our inability to get things done. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Okay, That literally means with um, the word groanings is just a fountain or a flowing or a wellspring of unintelligible language is what that literally translates to. The Holy Spirit makes intercession through us with a fountain of unexplained unintelligible language, a language that we don't know, okay? And he that searches the heart knows what's in the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When you're praying in that prayer language and you know that the Holy Spirit is praying through you, you are in perfect agreement with the will of God and then you can be certain of this and we know that all things work together for good To them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. The Holy Spirit is the one that steps in and makes that intercession. Okay? And he prays for us that perfect prayer. All right, go to 1 Corinthians 14.
3: want to mention one thing yeah back after it, it seems that when God does things through me mm-hmm. it's like like a, a, a puff of whatever it is and and it goes on and uh, but uh, <clears throat> we were social drinkers and we had, I had enough liquor there I could make you about anything <laughs> you, know, you know and uh, we had this this thing and uh, I got to the p- point that I didn't feel it was right, mm-hmm. that one out of five people that take the first drink can never quit. Yeah. And I didn't want to be the first one. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I called the hospital and they came up and and uh, took the bottles and, everything <laughs> and they measured how many uh, uh, inches there was and, and all that stuff. and. Uh, they gave it to me in a number, that I took it off my income tax. There you go, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. donation right to the <laughs> yeah, donation. to the toilet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the interesting thing was that that uh, I never missed it, mm-hmm. and and I it didn't bother me that other people drank or something. That you know that's mm-hmm. their business. You know, and uh, uh, it's not sinful. You know. Right. But it just wasn't right for me. Right. And uh, so I just backed away from that, you
0: know? Yeah, and, and that is, that's part of that, of what the Holy Spirit does in your life. You know, the closer you get to it, the more you start to prune stuff, you know, take those things away. And um, that's really, um, to me, that's the biggest comfort of all. No, and he's not going to leave you where you were. You know, he is going to move us on. Thank the Lord for that. Oh, my. I just want to read one little verse here, at verse 14. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. And that's important. Because it disconnects your human rational thought and completely removes it from your prayer life. And in its place, because your human rational thought does not run on the same vein that God's does, when you are disconnected, what you're thinking can have no power over your prayers okay, Um, you should be able to count to 10 and continue to pray in the spirit or write your grocery list or you know, whatever, same time that you're praying in the spirit because they're not the same, you know. um, Your thought is loose, which is a blessing. Um, Two entirely separate parts of your brain are engaged at the same time um, and, and that's where we come to the place in the body where it doesn't really matter what your language sounds like. You know that one Holy Spirit is praying through every single person, and therefore you are saying the same thing, and you're in agreement with God. Okay.
1: And there's freedom. And, and there's freedom there's in that. No burden of trying to figure out what to say.
0: That's exactly right. And
1: when gave up control.
0: That's it. And this has restored one language, one declaration to the body of believers and God had to do it supernaturally. That's why he gave us a prayer language so that he could through us supernaturally circumvent our human understanding and put us all on the same page. Speaking the same thing in agreement. It, it won't sound the same to our ears but I don't care. It's the perfect prayer that the Holy Spirit designs, and it will be in 100% agreement with what God says. And it'll be a God language. Whatever it is, you know, it's God's language. It's one language, and it's it's one speech. Okay? Um, It's kind of a. Smith Wigglesworth is just really a cool guy, but he said like this if you get in the place. um, um, Wait a minute, let me see where I am no man can know what he's saying when the spirit is upon him his own mind is inactive if you get into that place in which you hear God your mind is entirely obliterated I love that word obliterated I'm almost there anyway most days Mm. oh yeah and the mind of Christ comes by the spirit under those conditions Christ prays and speaks through you as the spirit gives utterance and um what you're doing is praying mysteries. You don't know what the mysteries are, but you're just praying what God wants. And that unity in the body is so important, what we just read. You have to be of one speech, one mind, one judgment in order for the, for the body to have power in, in this world, to be able to affect change in this world. Okay. Um,
3: when you don't know what to pray... That's it. Yeah.
0: That's exactly right. And, and God does. And that's the really cool thing about it. And when you get with other believers who can stand in agreement with you, even if you don't know what you're praying and they don't know what you're praying and they don't know what they're praying, you know you're in perfect harmony. You know, the agreement is there because the Holy Spirit is the one doing it all. He's directing it all. Um, we just, as a body, have not been taught that. Um, we we have not been shown that, um, and so we you know the more we can learn about it, the more we, we can share it with somebody else. I have found, I mean, you know, I've been baptizing the Holy Spirit for thirty five years, and I find that going back through this, I have learned so much about myself and about the Word, you know, and about what a precious gift this really was. Um, and Kenneth Hagin says this one. A supernatural utterance by the Holy Spirit in languages never learned by the speaker and not understood by the mind of the speaker, nor necessarily understood by any of the hearers. Speaking in tongues has nothing to do with linguistic ability, it has nothing to do with the mind or the intellect of a man. It is a vocal miracle. Don't you just love that? I said, th- That is just so cool. A vocal miracle, which is what it is. Which is what it is. So that's why tongues. That's why.
1: Sandy, yeah. I've just been sitting here grinning to myself. I have a story about your uh, point number two, where uh-huh. people don't believe that the gifts of the spirit are for now. They're mm-hmm. Just from the old days. Well, we live in Lakewood, Smiths and me. And that is a very popular neighborhood for the Jehovah's Witnesses. They come through, and they yeah, I come bet through it quite is. often when the weather's nice. Uh-huh. And I used to like just say, well, you know, I'm a very active member, yeah. you know, the United Methodist Church, and I'm mm-hmm. steadfast in my faith. Or, you know, I right. pretty much would into the conversation. And I got to thinking, you know, these people don't believe that Jesus is really divine. Right. They'll use the name of Jesus to try to get in your door, but they don't really believe like we do, and they don't believe in the right. three-part God and all right. that. And so I got to thinking, you know, maybe I need to try to help these people.
0: Like oh, no! To help me. <laughs> you
1: know, okay, I, she I got into the vortex. My boldness, okay? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, these young guys would come, and, you know, I'd start saying about, well, about the gifts of the Spirit, and I've experienced it, and I know, mm-hmm. and I yeah. want to know. Because I've experienced it, I right. know it's for real. Yeah. Well, then they start sending some of the older people, the elders. <laughs> so one day I'm standing outside, and it's like springtime or summer, yeah. and I'm in my driveway with my gardening clothes on, you know, yeah. you know, and 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 this older couple pull at the end of my driveway, and the man sits there at the drive, uh, the steering wheel. And this woman, she's all dressed up in her Sunday clothes, and she comes up to me, and she has a question for me, and she asked me this question about what happened between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. I said, oh, yeah, I've read all about that. And yeah. I started explaining all this about what happened in the, <laughs> yeah. between the two verses, and I said, do you have the Dake Bible? Well, no, and she was interested to know what the Dake Bible yeah. is. So I went in, and I brought it out. Yeah. And yeah. That Bible weighs about 25 pounds, yeah. and it's got it.
0: Everything. Everything.
1: And I started, I opened up to it and I show her this Bible and I oh, show her funny. all the commentary I'm talking about, all this and all. And she's there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. And then uh, I said, now, you had questions for me. Let me ask you a question. I said, do you believe in the gifts of the Spirit? And her answer was, number two. Oh yeah, well you know that was back in the days of Jesus and the disciples, mm-hmm. but we don't have that nowadays. <laughs> oh yes, we do. So I said, Do you believe that God was, is, and always will be? Yes. Do you believe that the word of the Bible is true? Oh yes, all well, the word is true. I said, Do you believe that God is never changes? That what was still is. Mm-hmm. Yes. I said, Well, the whole New Testament. Talks about the gifts of the Spirit. Do you believe that that word is true? Ah, and I said, you know, it really is true. I've experienced it. I know it's true. I've seen the manifestations of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to. I said, you know, you can have that. <laughs> you can have the gifts I of the Spirit. Bet she couldn't wait to get, get in the car. Speak, yes, comes, <laughs> all you need to do is ask God for the gift. Mm-hmm. Be step out in faith. Yeah. And ask God, and you can have that. You can have the gifts of the Spirit. Just ask God in prayer. hmm She pointed to her watch and said, "Oh, I have to go. I have another appointment." <laughs> <laughs> and she made a beat up. That's how you get rid.
0: There you go. I bet they didn't <laughs> well, come back.
1: I bet. They-
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> That's, That's the funny. first
1: time I've ever seen a Jehovah's Witness run. <laughs> run for me. Yeah. <laughs> And I, heard the windows were open, and the man was taking in every word too. Good, praise and the Lord. And I'm just waiting to see now if they come back. Come back! I bet they won't. <laughs> I'm ready. For I bet they've night. written off Lakewood. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, my. We
1: even open a door to them. Right. Well, boy, now the door is open. And they <laughs> come, come on in. in. And I'll questions.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. That's
1: but they, see, they all believe. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's from the past. From the past. We do have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yes, we do. Yeah. And we need it. And you can have it. <laughs> there all you go. have to do is ask.
0: There you go. Praise <laughs> the Lord.
1: <laughs> Planted a seed. <laughs> that day, I just have to
0: grin to myself. You do. But that you know that's the comforting way of of saying no thank you, Lord. We don't need that. You know, we just we'll just leave that on the table. And um, it's an excuse not to have to think about it. Yeah you know, it really is. It's just crazy. Um let's see where we are here. We got 15 minutes. All right we're just gonna keep moving here. Earthly process heavenly results. Just talk about the steps, you know. Like if somebody says to you, "I want to be baptized," you know what what goes on, what's there. Um. First of all, and this is the most important, I think. Um, you you have to just be hungry for a deeper walk with the Lord. He'll give you anything that he wants, but don't go after the benefits. Go after the Lord. Go, you know, run after him with all your heart, and um. If you look in the book of Acts, I didn't dig out any examples, but you know early on there were several people who were following the disciples around and would see the baptism of the Holy Spirit and then speaking in tongues and they'd go, oh I want to be able to speak in tongues. You know, and the disciples would have to correct them. Or, oh, I want to be able to lay hands on people and see them speak in tongues. Give me that miracle, you know, and, and they're going, no, you, you have to seek the one, you know, you have to seek the one. You, you have the wrong heart. So, when you know, when you're looking at it, just be sure that the heart is right. And then um, there is something in the laying on of hands that's really powerful. Um, it's called for You know, you lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Um, Ananias laid hands on Paul and prayed for him and he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, Philip and Stephen who were already baptized in the Holy Spirit had hands laid on them and they were baptized, you know, I mean they were filled again and extra anointing to do their job. Um, The Corinthians and the Ephesians and the Samaritans all had hands laid on them. However, Cornelius did not. Peter wasn't even through preaching when the Holy Spirit fell on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So nobody laid hands on them and there were several other accounts where people were filled with the Holy Spirit without having the hands laid on. So then you ask the question, well then what's the point of that? You know, why is that important? Um, does God need it? Us to lay hands on people. Well, Of course the answer is no, he doesn't need us to do anything. But we tend to need each other, and um, so when when we put our hands on someone, we are not um, we are not the imparters of power. Okay, we're the vessel, and the Holy Spirit is the imparter of the power. One thing that worries me about it, and and um, you know, try to say it nicely to to people. Um, you know they're talking about impartations and people laying hands on you which yes it's important because what happens is is as flesh people your hands on somebody else's head becomes a point of contact to anchor their faith. Yes I prayed to receive the Holy Spirit that, and even Paul said it to Timothy he says Timothy stir up the gift that was, that's in you that was given to you when we laid hands on you. Um, it is a point of contact for your faith but you can never look to the flesh for um, uh, that baptism I had a really good friend um, and she's been my friend for years I haven't heard from her in a while but her name is Mary she lives in Alabama and um, back in the early 80's she's lost her husband and um, she was sitting up in the bed one night just Crying out. She was a good Methodist woman. Never heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, she was just weeping and crying out to God, you know, for anything he had. She couldn't go it alone. She was desperate. And she said she opened her mouth to keep praying and she said all of a sudden it just came out garbled. She shook her head, you know, and then she tried to open her mouth again and pray and it came out garbled. Well she just quit talking and she didn't say anything to anybody about that for the longest time and the enemy almost robbed her of that gift until she got into the presence of some crazy folks like myself and found out what it was um, but God had empowered her baptized her with the Holy Spirit right there in bed given her a prayer language because she was crying out for strength she needed help and what did he do? He gave her everything he had Right, but no one laid hands on her um, so you just, you know, you have to be really careful about that. You can't, um, you can't look to men, even you know, like when people lay hands on you and pray for you. That's a point of contact for your faith, but the healing comes from the healer, okay, not from the person. Um, by grace, we are, I mean, we are saved by grace through faith, okay. You are baptized in the Holy Spirit by grace through faith. You are healed by grace through faith. The person who is laying hands on has nothing to do with that circle except to become that point of contact for your faith. That's it. Um, I think I told you my tent meeting story. Did I tell you that one? Yeah, I. I it was a. It was an important lesson for me, in that you know I, I had I hooked up in Alabama with a whole bunch of spirit filled girls and they said let's go over to Columbus there's a preacher over there tonight. Like, let's go hear him so we went over to a tent meeting and this man's just preaching away and finally at the end he says now if any of you want a fresh touch from the from the Holy Spirit you just come on down I'll lay hands on you and you can receive so I'm sitting there going Lord do you want me to go down there do you want me to go get a fresh touch from the Lord Do you want me to go down there? And I felt like he said yes, so I went. So here we are, and I was almost in the middle of this curved stage, right? There are people lined up all around. My girlfriends are on either side of me. My hands are up, and I'm just praying and praying and waiting and waiting and praying and waiting. And all of a sudden, I'm going, something's really weird here. And I'm starting to look like this. Everybody around the whole altar was laying in the floor and that guy never touched me. I'm standing right in the middle up front and I'm going, this is the most humiliating moment of my life. (laughs) Hundreds of people behind me and I'm the only one standing up and he never touched me. And I just kind of like, ooh, slunk back to my seat. And the girls, you know, got up and they all came and go, ooh, this is so cool. All the way home from the trip and I'm pouting and going, I thought you told me to go up there. I wouldn't have gone up there if I didn't think you told me to go. And um, just a few days later I was still pouting over it. And one morning the Lord said, well, who'd you expect to receive it from? And I just went, bam. You know, I was looking for that man to touch me and I was looking for that falling out, that flesh, you know, I was looking for that to come from a flesh man. God taught me a lesson. He did it on purpose, but I thought it was very cruel. <laughs> and Because um, it embarrassed me so. I, I can't even remember being that embarrassed. Just totally, you know, like 50 people laying out at the altar and me. Just standing there, you know, and hundreds of people behind me. And I'm just figuring out how am I going to get back there and look cool doing it. It was just awful. But God said, well, who did you expect to receive it from? and that man deliberately skipped over me he did not touch me and i know that's because god was saying i got to teach her a few things here you
2: know (laughs) yeah
0: you know so you get it by faith everything has to come by faith you know did you want to say something
3: went down to uh virginia college uh, for the years down there Mm -hmm. and uh something about three thousand people there wow and uh and people were all around, and this uh, black man that was leading the thing, he said, I said, I know a lot of you have needs and problems. He said, uh, I, I want to I take care of that for you, you know. And he said, I want you, 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 and you. <laughs> and he just pointed out the people, you know, and I was at the end of the land. Wow. You know? So uh, I, got, I went out, and he said, all right, he said, I want you to line up in a line out in front. And he said, "Now he said, I he said I want each of you to pray for the ones in front of you." Oh my! You know, sort of thing. pressure's I was on. There, you know, don't know what to do. Yeah. I, I laid hands on the first person, and then all seven that fell down.
0: Wow! You the know. whole row went over. See, that's the Holy Spirit, because you sure weren't expecting it, yeah. were you? And I love that. That's what I like. He does those fresh things that just surprise you. And it had nothing to do with you. <laughs> In fact, you were feeling inadequate, were you yeah. not? So I just, you know, that's the power of it. You just have to be sure that people know when you lay hands on them, I mean, whether it's for being sick or anything else, that they know that the healing power is coming from God. It, it has. You have to be sure that they know that. Um, and, and and everybody has a different reaction. Some people just break out in tongues and fall out in the spirit and dance around in joy. And then there are folks like me. I'm a Taipei a person. I think the more control you have over your life, the less ability you have to let go. So mine was a very quiet thing. In fact, Betty had to pray for me twice <laughs> to get it to work because I just couldn't let it go. I just couldn't get you know. I just couldn't get free of it. So it took like a double dip for me to get it, you know. Yeah. Sure
2: somebody, yeah. Talking about you know just being a vessel and the Holy Spirit being there and the power. I went to see Catherine Coleman at one point. In time. Wow. Several times I had gone, but we went out to Russ Bixler was go, was part of a big conference out in California, so my friend and I went out. So it was out at Melodyland, mm-hmm. and Catherine Coleman was there. And she, there was so much power that night that the people that were trying to help her, to assist her Mm -hmm. as as she was praying for people, they became overpowered. Oh, wow. That, you know, and every time, do you remember, I think his name was Dick West, who always prayed prayed scripture, Mm -hmm. prayed scripture. Well, he kept trying to help to catch people and all he kept doing was falling down. Oh and my gosh. Catherine got to laughing. And he's 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 getting up and she's going over and reaching out her hand and to he's help like, him. Don't, Don't touch me. Don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get up. I got to get. Up. <laughs> right. You know, and she she's got and it kind of broke the whole thing up, which was okay. Yeah. In the evening. Yep. But there was just so much power mm-hmm. that he couldn't even be an, <laughs> couldn't
1: an function under
2: to her. Isn't and that when funny? she tried to give him her help, help he just don't, <laughs> just, don't touch me, don't touch me. That was
1: funny. Yeah, it's, it's just, just awesome. Happens at Benny Hinn yeah. Everyone on the stage
0: just, just goes. Yeah. Of the power just gets so great, and and it's not Benny in. Then it wasn't Catherine Coleman. It is the spirit. It is the vessel that they present to the Lord. Their vessel is so wide open that the Holy Spirit can just gush right through it, and um, that's the deal. And that's where we have to go. You know, we have to get to that place um, so that we can. You know, so that we can actually um, allow that new wine to run through us. Really run through us Mm -hmm. in a powerful way. Um, We do have to allow it. We do have to allow it. That's exactly it. We hinder ourselves. One of the stories
1: that Willie Murphy told when he was in the choir for Catherine Coleman, Mm -hmm. he said that she would just wave her hand and the whole choir would Would just fall
2: over. And there would be one black (laughs) 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 man. Yeah, because he wasn't going to have it. He wasn't going to have it. No. You know, Benny.
1: Benny.
0: Yes, I remember that.
1: Walk onto the stage in the presence of the Holy Spirit would just walk out with her. She wouldn't say a word and hmm. people would just, like, start thrills, to Jump up out of wheelchairs and all. But what you're talking mm-hmm. about, I experienced. Yeah. Because I yeah. was in the choir at Benny Hinn's Crusade in Hershey at the mm-hmm. Giant Center. Mm-hmm. And he did that same thing. I had seen it on TV when he was in Dominican Republic mm-hmm. and he went like this. And you saw the choir from this just end go, start performing. Drop, mm-hmm. And I said to the TV, oh, that would be so wonderful <laughs> to experience that. Mm-hmm. That is the most amazing thing I have ever seen at crusade, mm-hmm. And that would be so fabulous. Well, when I was in the choir, Sure enough. He, he did that. He went to alto section.
2: And just went right across.
1: The ba- male bass, male tenors the sopranos mm-hmm. and as his hand went in front of you you felt the whole choir it wow. was about 300 of us mm. in that choir that went and he just went like this and, we and everybody went out another time he mm-hmm. said touch Whoop. we all went down immediately all together is that amazing went, touch
0: and went we'll. down
1: the third time he's talking about God's will and purpose for your life and what do you want to do in ministry Mm-hmm. And we were all to think about what we think mm-hmm. and would you like those gifts mm-hmm. to be associated? Would you like the gift and the anointing of God to fall on you? And you could say yes or no. Mm-hmm. You know, were you going to be obedient? Mm-hmm. Do you want to follow the will of God? And he didn't even do any of this. He, he just went like that. And those who wanted it went right out i came up about a foot off the ground and slammed back into my chair i've seen Mm -hmm. that and i laid there laughing Mm -hmm. those were hard seats and it did not hurt one bit i just was sitting there sprawled out like this just laughing in the spirit it was the most wonderful thing
0: isn't it great it's just great and I know God's laughing because he loves to do stuff like that you know
1: no mm-mm. and that's the whole it's thing the doing the that's work.
0: exactly right and and you know it's the spirit you know it's the spirit
1: but you had to be open to receive it mm-hmm.
0: that's right if
1: you shut yourself off from it that's right. you were going to be left standing but if you were open and willing to be obedient mm-hmm. the spirit came on you and there you went
0: that's exactly right Yeah. You, it's it is glorious, and as long as we know that we're not receiving it from the hands of any end, or from the hands of any human being, but rather through, from God, you know.
1: And they're the first ones to say it's not of them.
0: Yeah, they yeah. Know
1: where that power comes from,
0: and they take no credit. That's right, and I I appreciate that. You find that those those people who minister and talk about the Lord's ministry, you know, not my ministry but the Lord's ministry, um, those are the ones that really, um, that really have it. The ones that um, are always concerned about my ministry, my gifting, my ability, my show, my everything. God doesn't. God dries him up pretty quick. You know, that's that's when you you know when you get over into darkness, and um, so He'll use you as long as He can, but you know the power doesn't flow. And um so yes, and you're right, they are very quick to say it's not me and that's that's the important thing, you know, and everybody needs to know that that it's not, it
3: isn't. Not necessarily church either.
0: No. It's not around here, it's not church. <laughs> it's definitely not church around here. But um I, I just think that we need to be wide open and and not as a sideshow but as um as respect to the Lord. Right. If he has things to give us um, and Jesus paid such a price to get them to us, um, we should not close ourselves off to it mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. We should be wide open and ready to go um, with whatever he has. Um, it, it's a total hard attitude. The
1: confusion yeah. is, is uh, the spirit is talked about in our, but no one mentions that the Holy Spirit is entirely different, You know, a mm-hmm. different concept. You know, I just think yeah. that everybody knows there's you're born of the Spirit, but yet they don't re- understand the Holy Spirit that comes
2: in. Yeah, right.
1: They don't they know the power that mm-hmm. it right? And that's what I think yeah. is the confusion of a lot of. They don't understand that they didn't right. have that power if they yeah. were born again. Really, and again, again concept.
0: Right. Well, it's true, and and to my way of thinking, if you haven't experienced the fullness of the Spirit, you can't teach (laughs) on the fullness of the Spirit, because all you're doing is giving somebody hearsay. Mm -hmm. You know, you you, and so you're going to put your thoughts and your understandings on it. And make it fit where you are. Only people who have experienced it can speak to it in a way that makes it real. You know, and um, so that's, you know, that's the deal. And we're in the business right now. We, uh, you know, I, I know that there's a great outpouring coming, I know the Holy Spirit is moving, and um, we need to be ready. We need to be prepared. People are getting more and more afraid, more and more uh, desperate. They need the good news. They but they don't need for us just to give them a churchy answer. They need to see the power of God working in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, when they see a prayer answered, or when they see the power of God releasing their lives oh, and actually doing something, that's when you're gonna get their attention. And God will always, always back up his gospel. If, if you're preaching the true gospel, he's always going to back it up. He'll be there to do that. But you know what? And this is why I said don't forget about this confident expectation thing. We do not confidently expect to have God back up what we say.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we don't even think about it. We just say it, but we don't expect the anointing power of the Holy Spirit to back it up. And um, so when you you know when you start thinking about that this week just pray over that scripture in Romans because um, you know that confident expectation um, is something that we need to really cultivate. And we talked about this last week and all of it confidently expecting what God has um, but if you don't think about it at all you're not expecting it, you know, you're not going to you know God's not going to be there cuz he cuz you're not really operating in full faith you know the disciples will go out and preach but they fully expected for that guy to get up off the pavement at the gate of beautiful they fully expected it you know they fully expected it and they didn't expect it to happen over a period of years they expected him to get up yeah and um, so we I I know that we are equipped I know that we are filled I know that we you know we the doors are wide open and um, we just had to figure out now how to get You know how to move on, how to keep moving forward, and um, seeing more power um, released here. We need people to start talking about it. You
1: know, we are going to be
2: persecuted.
0: Oh, sure we are. Well, the devil absolutely does not even want this message going out. Um.